Welcome to Female Founder Fridays, part of the Tech Ireland 100 million campaign for funding for female founders in Ireland. This is Neve Bushnell and today we are delighted to be talking to Anne-Marie McSorley from Very. Welcome Anne-Marie. Thanks a million Neve. thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being here. So we've had a couple of discussions before we kind of turned on the camera and got this moving and you've loads of great stories for us about your background and about the company, but maybe let's start with the company. Tell us about Very. So Very is um, a mobile app and dashboard that digitizes training compliance. Anybody that works in the training sector or even in the corporate sector, whether it's healthcare, construction, or even further education as professional educationists, they realize that there's a huge amount of mandatory paperwork for quality assurance. And that paperwork normally sits in a room somewhere waiting for an audit. But the value that's in that paper is huge because it has data all about the performance of your training. And what we've basically done is digitize that data. So we've created a, a process management system that allows you to analyze the return on your training investment. I always think that training is a bit like marketing, 50% works and 50% doesn't work, but people don't measure enough. And what Barry allows you to do is measure your training performance from your quality data and then remediate if there's a problem. I love the fact that it's a mobile app with a dashboard because it makes something that sounds quite difficult and quite onerous and not very exciting, something that is accessible and convenient and that a training manager you can actually kind of turn on and use, right? Yeah, and I think a lot of people have um, seen e-learning coming into the space and realize that e-learning, although it's definitely a part of a blended learning mix, it's not the full solution. We work very much in the skills um, environment. So um, you can imagine on a construction site, you have maybe a hundred men and they all have different skill sets. But it's, in, it's really important that the site supervisor has overview of not just their historical data or an online um, uh, induction, which we can organize, but what happens on the site, you know, real yeah. time. So toolbox talks, um, remediations, problems, audits, all of that data is coming back to one dashboard and then can be tracked against the quality system. Normally in training in construction, that might be ISO with our current clients in um, further education training, that would be QQI, um, City and Guild. So it's really about using the data from a quality system to track and trace your training performance. Great. And this didn't kind of come to you in the middle of the night out of nowhere. You have a whole career in training that built you up to this point, right? Tell us, give us that background as well. So I lived in Northern Ireland for 15 years and I worked with some big companies. I worked for, with the National Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children up there. And you can imagine that compliance would be very important in that sector yeah. in, in, in training and education. I work for Compass Catering, which is part of Eurest, a huge company. Again, health and safety, hugely important. And then I worked in local government. And again, in Northern Ireland, a lot of things are funded. So there's always this huge amount of paperwork for funding compliance in the delivery of programs. And when I came home about 12 or 13 years ago to my mum with my three kids. Back down in Kilkenny, in Kilkenny right? Kilkenny, yeah. I, I didn't know what I was going to do, to tell you the truth. Um, but... Um, I became a quality manager in a, in a local further education college and I then set up my own training company. And I basically started doing 
um, delivering what I used to require on the other side um, in the corporate life. So it, my training company is about 10 years old. Um, and then about four or five years ago, uh, during the deepest part of the recession, uh, we had a, a very successful program called Kickstart. And that program required a huge amount of paperwork because we had State Street Bank, we had uh, the Department of Social Protection involved, and we had a um, Kilkenny Leader Partnership. And I knew that it was very crucial. It was, you know, our last big contract in the middle of the recession. We really needed it. And it, I wasn't able to track it because it was it involved a lot of different elements. Um, it involved on-the-job placement and classroom learning. And, and so I went and um, decided that I needed a tool and I researched and researched, couldn't find it. So I got an innovation voucher and built my own. And, and as soon as I sh showed it to peers, they all went, oh my God, that's what we all need. And that was the beginning of Very. That was the beginning of Very. Brilliant, brilliant. So, so Very has been around about two years now? Two years. We launched okay. in um, October 2016. 2016 so uh, we're now two years old okay and when we were talking earlier on you were telling me you know when I was back in Northern Ireland and I had very young kids and even when you came back to Kilkenny first of all you wouldn't have been able to or maybe had the wherewithal to go out there and kind of set up a tech company which is effectively what you've set up in the last couple of years you were a single mom when you came back to Kilkenny so there was a lot of challenges there and yet you kind of used all of that experience that you had in training to then at a certain point go, wait a second, I'm, I'm free relatively, I have the, the ability and the knowledge and the ambition, right, to yeah. take this on now? Yeah, and I, I think a lot of women, um, you know, during their career have sort of periods of up and down and um, I like getting things done and sometimes you can only do so much. But when the scope opened in terms of what I could do, because my kids were moving on to college, um, this opportunity came. And I remember at the time thinking, I need to go and do a master's now, or I need to go off and, you know, step myself back up again. And this opportunity presented itself, and I've thrown myself into it now. I think the master's might have been easier. <laughs> it's been very hard work. But it's been really, really rewarding, and I'm learning every single day. So it's been great. So you love it? Yeah, I love it, and I have a wonderful team. I mean, we had um, we had some work to do yesterday, and I was getting emails from two of my main people at midnight last night, and I just think it's amazing when you initiate something and then everybody wants, you know, you have a nice tight team and everybody wants it to work. It's kind of like another child. Yeah. And we're all, you know, bringing yeah. this child up and hoping it'll be a rock star, you know? Yeah. So. That's what's great about small teams is because everybody is so invested mm -hmm. in making it happen and everybody is so recognizing the dependency of one on the other, right? Whether that's small teams within a large organization or in our cases, like in a, in a startup building up, but it is so cool when you see people working their butts off just to make things happen for the company. I think that's, that's really exciting. So um, funding. You have just closed, yeah. I believe, your second round of funding. Walk us through that journey. And, you know, I, sometimes I'm, a, I'm afraid that people kind of think that it was easy and, you know, I knew what to do at every step. But you were really learning that whole thing, like the business itself, as you went along, right? Yeah, and I think 
even though I've had a good career, I never worked sort of in a multinational or anything like that. So I never was really, um, you know, I was always, my mindset was, you know, um, bootstrap, you know, get to, you know, don't take on debt, don't give away any part of your business, all of that. But once we uh, launched two years ago and things started moving for us, it became very apparent very quickly that, you know, we wouldn't be able to sustain ourselves. And um, I think sometimes the message isn't, isn't the correct one that you're giving as a startup, that, you know, it's all about VCs and you have to chase this huge money. I think validating the product and working really closely with, with clients as design partners, they don't just validate you. In our case, they've actually come in and um, invested. And we have a new construction company called Robert Quinn Construction. They're really innovative. Um, they're a family business, but they've been around for... 30 years but they just recently built the MSD factory down in Carlo and um, they um, you know they're like a lot of the others and the Irish Red Cross was their first client and their training manager was amazing because she was progressive enough to think that you know she would be able to, to digitize a huge organization with 3,000 volunteers so it's about those early stage customers that um, believe in you and yeah. help you make your product better because to tell you the truth the product two years ago wasn't great and I'm really proud of what we have today but that's all down to the customers and then um, that validation uh, and initiated angel investment we, we raised 200 last year and then we closed this seed round this year with 250 so we just raised 450,000 but by angels that are some of them are clients and that have really been very close to us. Um, now I think that in 18 months time, should we achieve what we want to achieve? And what I think we can. VCs are obviously the next step. Right. Um, but I had the opportunity to go abroad to California, New York this year and, um, and we won Google Adopt a Startup last year. Great. And um, I, I sat in front of three or four VCs that said, you know, you go to a million, um, we'll raise, we'll give you between five and 20 and with the view of, you know, multiplying that by 10x. And it was all like so simple, but actually that's <laughs> not, you know, people have a vision of that, but it's the hard work in the interim is the really important part. And, and, and I think our hard work is starting to pay off now and, um, we just opened an office in Belfast and launched the construction product, so we're really pleased. Great, because you were saying earlier on before we, we, we started the interview that, you know, when you were doing kind of startup programs and training yourself when you were setting up the business, that the conversation around the table with other entrepreneurs was always around funding. Whereas you were listening to those conversations, but you were kind of like, well, how do I get a product that people actually want to buy? And I love hearing that because people do think sometimes that funding is the starting point, but it actually, and you were very clear, funding kind of came in at a point where you had something that was selling. Digitization, disruption, um, even if it's B2C or B2B, um, the whole important thing is that it is a problem there is a definitive problem there and and it needs a solution and I think sometimes people and well, I, I'm actually guilty of it you get so close and it becomes your baby yeah you, you know you're oh yeah you don't want to hear your baby's ugly so it's hard to go out in front of 
um, in front of people. But as soon as you get to clients, they'll be very quick to tell you. Um, and it's not simple in front of clients. You know, it's hard work. I mean, especially in a disruptive environment because you're replacing something that wasn't there before. So it's quite difficult to, you know, to get people to be um, innovative enough to take that step. Yeah. You know? But I always think like two years ago, if you went into a restaurant and somebody had a, uh, an iPad taking your order in Ireland, you'd have been shocked, you know. Whereas now <laughs> you'd nearly think there was something wrong with the restaurant if they don't do it. Yeah. And I think this digitization will come to every sector. Um, and so I think if you're a, a female entrepreneur and you have an idea and you have some subject matter expertise, I think, you know, you should you should be brave enough to take that step because you're just getting to the market before everybody else. And, you know, the journey is an absolutely amazing one. It's been really, really good. We're on a trajectory now and we've, we've started getting proper momentum, which we're really pleased about. Um, but to be 100% honest, I'd love to sell the company. Um, yeah. I think um, the company is... Um, a really complementary product to um, to e-learning or to uh, to to um, a learning management system, um, so I think that we um, should be well placed. We're already partnering with a couple of fairly successful e-learning companies to provide end-to-end -end solutions. Uh, so yeah, I'd love to sell the company because I've worked hard. I had my kids young, and it's been fairly full on um, for the last 25 years so hopefully in five years time I might be able to relax a bit and smell the roses. Yeah well an exit is a great result yeah. so and you know you're sitting here and the company is growing really fast so in five years time you could be selling a large successful global company and I'm sure that you will knowing and, you. And give payback to the investors who have who've been really you know, so critical payback to the team, the early stage team that have worked so hard. And um, so it'd be lovely to be able to do that.